The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus 100% instant deposit match at thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Betor Fantasy. Betor Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at betorfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% instant deposit match at thrivefantasy.com. Promo code SGP. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, welcome in. I know there's that little bitty football game that they're going to be playing Sunday in Los Angeles. Super Bowl 56, the Rams and the Bengals. So much being said about that. Diagnosed, broken down, uh, gambling angles, etc. But you know what we're about here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast? The sweet science, the fistic art that is boxing. And I am thrilled to be back here aboard for another edition of the show. Coming up, forthwith, post-haste. He was there inside the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino for Keith Thurman's return. One-time Thurman after over two and a half years out of the ring, the former world welterweight champion back, and he did get a decision win over Mario Barrios in a pay-per-view for Premier Boxing Champions. Antoine Williams was on the scene. I love his insight anytime that we can get him on, but especially when he was right there for the Thurman fight. And Antoine is based out of Houston, Texas, which would mean it is Charlo Brothers country. I look forward to talking with him about both Charlo Brothers, what they're up to. We know Jermel's fight is set. The rematch with Brian Castaño is set for Los Angeles next month in March. Is Jermel Charlo about to get that golden lottery ticket and fight you-know-who, Canelo Alvarez, or not. We'll go over that with Antoine Williams. Antoine with the greatest of all time, boxing promotions, GOAT boxing promotions. Love his insight. He's with me here in just a moment. Reminder, however and wherever you found this podcast, thank you for doing so. Social media link, whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, 
As I always like to say, make sure that you follow or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure that you are with us on one of those outlets because we come automatically to you in the preview mode on Fridays, usually about uh, middle of the afternoon. Preview mode for any of the action that's going on Friday, but mainly the Saturday action in the Sweet Science. I'm going to tell you up front, there's not a lot uh, for this weekend, certainly in the U.S., everybody backed off because of Super Bowl weekend. The one prominent fight card involves former IBF middleweight champion uh, Daniel Jacobs, the miracle man out of New York, fighting John Ryder of England. Ryder, an unsuccessful challenger on a previous occasion for a super middleweight championship. So those two guys are the main event on the Matchroom Show in England. That's pretty much it for fight cards, at least in our hemisphere, let's say, North Carolina, uh, North, Carolina North America, and Europe. Uh, so anyway, we'll go over that later on in the show. But, man, we got so much to get to. So, again, we're primarily in the preview mode. We come your way usually on Friday, stays relevant through Saturday, and the fight cards on Saturday night. And if you are following or subscribing, you will automatically get us. Okay, we are good. We are ready to go. Here he is. As mentioned, I'm jealous of this. He was there for the return of Clearwater, Florida. Right here, Antoine Williams in the Tampa Bay area where I am. Clearwater, Florida's Keith Thurman back. Looked good for a lot of that fight. No, he did not knock Mario Barrios out, but he did get the win. It puts him back in the conversation in terms of world welterweight title fights. So with that, the red carpet is rolled out, my friend. Good to have you back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And good to have you tell me about Keith Thurman and being around all that in Vegas last weekend. Good to see you again. Good to talk to you again. Oh, absolutely, TJ. So glad to be back, man. So glad to be back, part of the, you know, the premier boxing outlet, you know, with Big Fight Weekend. Everybody knows about Big Fight Weekend and all the big things that, that you're doing all across the land. We're going to have fun today, TJ. I promise you we're going to have fun. Being out there in Vegas, you know, is already the mecca of boxing. And that environment was second to none. You know, all the, all the stars, the who's who was out. You know, Keith Thurman was back and back in the ring trying to, you know, sharpen up his tools after being out for two years. And, uh, man, it was, a, it, it, was a, it was such a blast. I don't, know, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so let's start with him coming off the layoff and in watching this fight, he looked sharp from the beginning, and you had a ringside lower-level seat. What did you see from the very beginning of this fight for a guy that had not fought since July of 2019? Yeah, well, first of all, I was really um, tuned in and, and wanting to pay attention to a, a couple factors in the fight. First of all, with Keith Thurman, I was looking to check to see what his win was going to look like. Um, because there's one thing to be in the ring sparring in the gym and you know going 10 rounds with different fighters – uh, trying to uh, emulate your style, you know, and, and, and take body shots and, and, and things like that. Um, but it's a whole other thing when you've been on the ring for two years and you're getting in the ring in front of the cameras and all the, the bright lights and you got, you know, several thousands and thousands of people screaming at you during the fight. So what I've seen was a pretty good Keith Thurman, you know, considering someone that's been on the ring for two years and didn't know exactly what I was going to get. He looked pretty good. Um, I did, I did notice his win, you know, looked like it held up for the majority of the fight, TJ. Um, he looked like he wanted to be smart box. I didn't feel like at any time in the fight, uh, he was going to, he didn't look like he was going to go in and make a huge mistake 
even though Mario Barrios, as you know, is a natural 140 and he moved up to 147, Keith Thurman looked like he wanted to utilize his jab, utilize his boxing IQ. And one thing about Thurman that never left his, his side was that dangerous left hook that he, that he throws. He threw it and he threw it and he threw it. Barrios blocked it some of the time. Some of the time he got caught. But Keith Thurman, you know, he continued to go with uh, one of his main punches, which was that left hook. So overall, he, he looked pretty good for somebody that's been out of the ring for two years. And as you mentioned, uh, it's totally different than what sparring is or training or hitting a heavy bag because your adrenaline is going. You got somebody that's dangerous uh, across from you. There's no headgear on. Anything could happen uh, in this. And, and look, I know I could be accused of being slanted or biased because I'm here in the Tampa Bay area or whatever, and I want to see the guy uh, battle back and, and succeed. But again, it's worth noting you didn't expect perfection against a quality opponent. You expected that maybe he would have some struggles. Barrios caught him with a body punch. That's something that has bothered Thurman some in the past, but he overcame that. And th this was my sense. What was your sense in the, in the, uh, in the arena? I never really thought that Keith Thurman was any, in any real jeopardy at any point in this fight. I thought he was in command. I thought he was fighting smart. Um, it was interesting for the corner audio. I know you probably couldn't hear it in the arena, but Dan Birmingham, who we had on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, his longtime trainer who's trained world champions, Winky Wright and Jeff Lacey before, I thought was giving him great advice, which is, Hey, you've done enough. I've got you winning, but do not get careless. Do not let him catch you with something. Stay sharp. Stay on point. I thought that was great advice in the, in the 11th round, in the 12th round. There could still be a haymaker or something that catches you here. Don't, don't let that happen. Okay, so that's me saying that. Did you have the sense going into the last couple of rounds, he's in command. He's done well enough to win this and been impressive enough to win this. What did you think? Um, I agree with the majority of the things you just said, except one thing. One thing I will say, being because I was right there at the fight, um, there was one time in the fight that I felt like Keith Thurman was in a little bit of danger, and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> he got caught with a body shot. I don't remember exactly the round. It may have been around eight or round nine. A body shot. It was a pretty good body shot by Barrios. Um, I believe he got caught in an exchange. And if you look, you'll notice Keith Thurman – started moving around the ring. He didn't, he, he didn't throw some punches for, um, for, you know, a short period of time. And that's when I knew he was a little bit hurt from the body shot. Actually, Keith Thurman went on record uh, recently post the media that uh, he was hurt from the, from the body punch. If he would have stepped in, he said he could have possibly put me down. And so Keith Thurman is one thing I like about Thurman is he's very honest. He's, he's an open book. So I did feel like uh, TJ, he was in trouble at one point in the fight, but other than that, um, the impressive thing about 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 uh, Thurman in the fight was as the rounds went on, round 10, 11, and 12, he looked sharper. Um, that's not something that I always carry when you get caught with a bunch, you know, just a few rounds back. So he looked sharper. His win, he continued to have his win in round 11 and round 12. He closed strong, and I feel like he clearly won, won a decision. Um, would I have liked to see him maybe get Barrios down once? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's just the boxing, uh, you know, pugilist in me. I wanted to see if he could, you know, carry that power and put him down. Because don't forget, when Barrios fought Tank Davis, who Tank Davis, by the way, moved up to 140, uh, Barrios was, was, was knocked down against, against Tank Davis. Now, some, some people are going to say, well, Tank Davis is a tank. 
you know, everybody he, he fights, he puts out, he has, he has like a 99% KO ratio. I think he only had one fight that went to distance, but don't forget Keith Thurman can punch too, just like Tank. Keith Thurman can punch and he's a weight, one weight class naturally bigger. So I would have liked to seen if Thurman could have put Barrios down, but be it may, he didn't put him down. Barrios has a lot of heart. Um, I got that Barrios shirt right on right here, <laughs> you know, San Antonio, Texas. And, uh, you know, I'm just repping for Texas. He's not he's not my main fighter, but I'm just repping for Texas. You know, I can't go to Vegas and leave without my boxing gear. You know this. I so, love it. You know, it was I just love one it. of those. For those that are not seeing the video, he does have on a San Antonio shirt that has Barrios' likeness. And it's like the San Antonio Spurs swoosh colors kind of like <laughs> behind there. I see that, too. The colors they used to uh, display a lot in the 90s when they were winning their championships or whatever. So um, it's good on that front. And one more thing I was thinking when you were giving your analysis there is Thurman is probably not, I mean, I think it's fair to say, he's not the same power puncher because he's had injuries to both of his hands. I'm not making excuses. It's been four or five years where he's only had a couple of fights. He's older at 33, and we may have to accept he's not going to be a big-time power puncher anymore later on in his career. Maybe an occasional big shot but certainly not the thunderous power that we maybe saw in the 2010s, the mid 2010s. Isn't that fair with the hand injuries? This may be the new 2.0 Keith Thurman. That's not the same big bomber, Antoine. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment, TJ. Being that he is 33 years old, um, you know, a couple of people told me in Vegas, you know, Thurman looks older now. Maybe that's why he cut his hair because he feels like he's looking older now. I don't know, but um he has had some injuries in fairness to him. Um, but one thing about Thurman, I do feel that he's going to have a little bit of a challenge as he goes up against some of the top dogs at welterweight. You know, if he gets in the ring with the Crawfords of the world, if he gets in the ring with, you know, the Errol Spencer's of the world, even the Boots Ennis of the world, I think he's going to have trouble because you have to have something to keep those guys from, uh, from, 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 from fighting aggressive against you. And, you know, you have to have something to keep them back. And if you don't have a, a, a huge, you know, some kind of something, something to hit them with to, to really, you know, check, check their chin, then they're just going to come right at you. You know, look at, for example, look at the Crawford fight. I was at that fight when Crawford fought Sean Porter back in November. And, uh, you know, Crawford, if you remember when he was in the corner, he asked, someone told Crawford, hey, this fight is very close. And Crawford was like, what? He, he said something to the effect of, I'm winning. You want me to get him? And in round 10, he went out and he, he knocked Sean Porter down. And then Porter got back up. He knocked him down again. His dad jumped up on the apron and stopped the fight and gave everybody that non-climax that everybody was waiting to see. So with that being said, I do think it's fair to say that, you know, Thurman has had some injuries. He's not as big of a puncher as he was before. But I'm just telling you, TJ, when he goes up against these top, top dogs at, in the welterweight division, He's he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to have a nice check left hook or something to keep these guys off of him for 12 rounds. I truly do feel that way. And I think that's fair as well as you hear from uh, Antoine Williams. I love his insight. Greatest of all time boxing promotions. He's hanging with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Antoine was on scene, as I like to say, for Thurman Barrios last week and on scene as well for Terrence Crawford's win against Sean Porter last November in the welterweight division. Love his insight. Antoine will tell you more about what he's up to in the Houston area as the podcast goes on. I promise we're going to get to the Charlo brothers because that's in your backyard in Texas here in just a moment. Uh, you you whetted the appetite. Do you believe it, it looks 
is though premier boxing champions, Al Heyman, they're angling for this upcoming Errol Spence, uh, your Dennis Ugas fight. It is the unification of three of the belts at 147. It appears that the angle would be Thurman maybe gets that winner, gets the winner of that fight that's coming now in April. It's been officially announced for AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. I see you nodding. Is that likely what we get later this fall? Thurman in front of whoever wins that fight? Or maybe you think it's something else? I'm nodding yes, because I do think Thurman would be uh, one of the front runners to, to land the winner of that fight. Here's why. Because let's just say Errol Spence wins the fight, which there's no guarantee because Ugas, Ugas can fight. Obviously, you know, he retired Manny Pacquiao, as we all know. Um, but let's say Errol Spence does go on and win that fight. You know, the, the boxing side, the business side of boxing, as, as we all know, um, is not going to have Spence and Crawford next. Right. That's just not the way it works on the business in the business. So there's only a few uh, people right now that I think would be in line to fight the winner of the Ugas Spence fight. One of those people would be Keith Thurman because he just came off an impressive uh, you know, decision, unanimous decision win last weekend. Um, another fighter that I think could could name could be thrown into the mix possibly is the undefeated kid out of Dallas, you know, Virgil Ortiz. Um, you know, he's uh, 16 and 0 with 16 knockouts. So he's another name that could be thrown in the mix possibly. Um, you know, he's someone that, believe it or not, <clears throat> his management has went out and said that they feel like Virgil Ortiz is uh, about ready for Spence. To, 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 put the, to put the crown on who the king of Dallas is in terms of boxing. So um, I don't know that Ortiz gets that fight, but he is an interesting name to throw up in the mix. You know, you have Virgil Ortiz, you have Boots Ennis. Boots Ennis thinks yep. he's going to be the, the, the future of the welterweight division. Um, I'll tell you something. Sean Porter just went out there on record. I don't know if you've seen it, TJ, but Sean Porter went out there and just said that uh, he feels like Boots Ennis is overrated. And, you know, Boots Ennis didn't take didn't take that too kind. So, you know, there was some, there was some words back and forth, um, you know, via social media, what have you. And Butina said, Hey, I tell you what, if you feel like, like I'm underrated, overrated, then I tell you what, why don't you come out of retirement and fight me? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find out. I like that. Yes. So, yeah. So to, so to answer your question, um, I think Thurman would be, would be a good, you know, name to, to put in there with the winner of Ugas or Errol Spence. I think a fight like that has to, if he fight, no, no matter the winner of the Spence Ugas fight, that fight has to go, I believe to Vegas or Dallas um, because that Dallas, you know, could probably hold a hundred thousand people. And then Vegas is a fight capital of the world. So I do think it makes business sense to put that fight in either Dallas or, uh, or, or Vegas. I don't think it goes to your neck of the woods in Florida. I really don't think it's gonna probably go not. <laughs> hey, what's the what's the likelihood? Not very probably, but do you give it a chance that maybe it's Terrence Crawford next for Keith Thurman? Do you? I mean, what's your what do you think? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, that could be potentially. I, I think that Keith Thurman is in the sweepstakes to get one of those two fights. So, yes, I do. If, if Crawford, if uh, let me back up, if Spence wins against Ugas April 16th, he could be in line for 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 a fight with uh, with uh, Keith Thurman. If Crawford um, continues to win like he's been winning impressively, you know, he, I mean, he his next fight could go straight to Keith Thurman. Um, I do think that I will say this. 
there was a time where Crawford went on record in the past and said that Keith Thurman was a good fight for him, you know, and, and, and could be a, and could be, you know, a, a challenging fight. I mean, that was something he said in the past before Thurman had all these injuries and everything like that. So I think Thurman realized that Keith Thurman, I'm sorry, I think Crawford realized Keith Thurman was a, was a live dog, you know, but now I think Crawford is, is very confident in himself, his ability. Um, in my opinion, he's the number one fighter in the world. I'm standing to, I'm stand with my thoughts on that, regardless of Canelo, what Canelo has been doing impressively moving up to 75 and, and 68 and, and winning titles in different divisions. I still feel like Crawford's number one in the world right now. Just, I mean, who, who, who stopped Sean Porter? Nobody stopped Sean Porter, you know? So I just think Crawford's number one in the world, but yep. I do think that Thurman could potentially be in line next for either a Spence if Spence wins April 16th or maybe even Crawford in his next fight. I, I wouldn't mind seeing either one of those fights because in order for Crawford and, and Spence to fight, you've got to at least be able to have a win over Keith Thurman. If you lose to Keith Thurman, I think it brings down the value of that Crawford-Spence fight in the future. Oh, no doubt about that. And uh, again, one thing I keep thinking, we've been talking about it constantly on this podcast. We've written about it constantly on the site for two or three years. People have to continue to understand the bad blood in the history between Al Heyman and premier boxing champions goes back six or seven years to Bob Arum and Oscar De La Hoya suing him, trying to stop him from creating premier boxing champions in the first place. Long memory, memory like an elephant, hasn't forgotten. And great for Virgil Ortiz that he got that he's got all those knockouts. But to use the phrase that you hear the premier boxing champions guys talk about, he's on the wrong side of the street with Oscar De La Hoya. Virgil Ortiz is not getting anywhere near Errol Spence, Jordanis Ugas, or Keith Thurman in 2022. Forget it. It's not happening. Now, Terrence Crawford is a free agent. He has now left Bob Arum. He is now suing Bob Arum, which may mean, Antoine Williams, that his stock is going up with with Al Heyman and Premier Boxing Champions, that he's actually suing Bob Arum. So Crawford would be more likely to get in the mix, my point, with one of the PBC fighters or with an undisputed title fight or even the theory that Crawford might move up to 154 and try to fight Jermell Charlo if Jermell Charlo is victorious for the undisputed title rematch that we're going to talk about in just a second. I just keep putting this out there for everybody going, why, why is it Virgil Ortiz getting a shot at a PBC fighter? Because Oscar De La Hoya was part of suing Al Heyman six or seven years ago. Heyman and PBC ain't cooperating with Oscar De La Hoya and his fighters. So let's just, uh, let's just leave that there and let's see what else happens with that part. Uh, again, I've been teasing the Jermel Charlo, uh, Brian Castaño rematch. We now know it is March. We now know it is Los Angeles. I think we're all eager for this. You're there in Houston. How eager are you for it? What do you think about this rematch where Castaño really pushed Jermel Charlo and maybe should have gotten a split decision? Instead, it ended up being a split draw. What are your thoughts on all this, Antoine? Well, first off, the fight was in here in Texas. So, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, back and forth with the fans, the boxing fans about, you know, they can't get a fair shake in Texas. The opponents can't get a fair, fair, fair shake in Texas. You know, and I I mean, it's an opinion. You know, there's no there's no facts out there on that. Um, but I do think that Castaño's team and his management team is very happy to know that this fight is going to be outside of Texas. I truly do feel like that. Um, being what happened the first fight, you know, it was a very competitive fight, very close fight. Um, 
you could argue either way that the fight could have went to, you know, Castaño or maybe the fight could have been a draw. I mean, it was very close. There was no clear, there was no clear cut winner. You know, I'm a Charlo fan, make no mistake about it. You know, um, they're, they're, they're lions only. They're great fighters. You know, Jamel and Jamal, they're, 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 um, they're, you know, huge stars in the sport. They're great with the people. They're great with the public. Um, they have a gym here in Houston. So, you know, they, they really are, uh, dynamite you know when you see them in the ring and when you see them outside the ring they're very pleasable people to be around as far as the fight goes in california i feel that uh jermel is feeling that he wants to make a statement now jermel is very good in rematches tj if you go back to some of his rematches he's had with you know disputable uh results like he had with tony harrison in the mm-hmm. first fight. I felt that he won that first fight. I really feel that he were, he, he won that first fight. They gave it to Harrison. Jamel came back the second fight, knocked him out, I believe, round 10 or round 11. He stopped him. So Jermel's already, you know, I've seen some videos of him in the gym. He feels like he's very eager for the fight. He's training like a, like a madman, possessed. And I feel like he wants to make a statement. Now, whether or not he gets the knockout, who knows? But what I do know is that um, he understands his marketability, if he goes on to win this fight, sky's the limit for him at 54. You know, there are some big, you know, there are still some big names at 54 that he can go go to. And if Crawford comes to 54, now you have an opportunity to potentially solicit, you know, Crawford uh, name, for, you know, for, for a belt, for a fight at, uh, at 54 against the number, arguably the number one fighter in the world. So yes, all the, all the, you know, pressure I feel like is on Charlo for the fight more than Castaño. Castaño wants to win as well because he has a, you know, he has a, he has a good record as well. He's a good fighter. Um, he's good at a lot of different things. I don't think he possesses one thing great, but I think he's good at a lot of d- different things in the ring. Um, but in order for him to win the fight, I, I feel like he's going to have to clearly outbox Charlo to have a, to have a chance at getting the decision um, he's going to have to make it clear and concise from the beginning of the fight all the way throughout. You know, um, I feel like if it's a close fight, I truly feel like Charlo's going to get the nod. And that's just how it, it you know, it is, it is what it is. You know, California, Texas, I just feel like he's going to get the nod. So I'm looking forward to the fight, TJ. I can't wait for March to get here. Um, you know, the Charlo twins, they're, they're, they're really, like I said, they're really um, a wrecking ball. And, uh, we can, we can, whenever you're ready, we can talk to Jermaw because I think he's in line to possibly get a Canelo fight possibly Let's down do it. the road. Let's do it right now as we talk with Antoine Williams here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Antoine, again, based out of Houston, greatest of all time boxing promotions. All right, so Jamal Charlo, the, the conversation has been going on. I will say it here on the podcast. I have a source that has been saying to me, that that one is very much in play. I know Mike Coppinger, the boxing insider, who is more plugged in than I am with what a lot of these fighters, their promoters, uh, their corner people, their management people are saying or doing. He breaks much more news. I get it. I understand that. So Coppinger put out midweek this week that Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing, who promoted Canelo's three previous fights before the Caleb Plant fight, that Hearn's got a two-fight deal in front of Alvarez to fight the Russian light heavyweight, WBA light heavyweight champion, Dmitry Bivol. And then the bigger carrot, the bigger reward, is the third fight, the trilogy, with Gennady Golovkin. As I joked when I wrote about this, 
earlier in the week. Stop me if you've heard this before. How many years are we going on now that Canelo's next fight is Triple G? Here it is again in 2022 that, hey, if he beats Bavol, the next fight is Triple G, who is about to be 40 years old, by the way. All right, so uh, give me some more analysis here because I, I, keep, I have this source that keeps saying to me that the Cinco de Mayo weekend, first weekend, first Saturday in May, is going to be Jamal Charlo on a PBC Fox pay-per-view. It is going to be Jamal Charlo and Canelo Alvarez. All right, give me, give me your thought if you believe that's what it will be and how amped would you be for this shot? It would be the biggest payday, obviously, of Jamal Charlo's career, biggest fight of his career against a future Hall of Famer. Give me your thoughts on all of that, Antoine. Yeah, well, first of all, the, all the talk that I've been hearing up until this week, like you mentioned, was for Jamal Charlo and Canelo to potentially be securing a date for Saturday, May 7th in, in uh, Las Vegas up until, up until this week. When this week is when I heard Mike Coppinger go out there and say, it's like you mentioned, a two-fight deal being negotiated for Baval and then Triple G, like you mentioned. So so I'm not buying Coppinger's, you know, uh, results or whatever he's, his, his, you know, that he's hearing. Because up until now, it's been Charlo, Canelo, Cinco de Mayo. Um, so I'm sticking with that. That's the fight I think the fans want to see. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm trying to remember which promoter. It may have been De La Hoya. There was a promoter, I believe it was De La Hoya, that said that uh, there was a promoter. One of the promoters, it, it could have been De La Hoya, could have been Eddie Hearn, so forgive me. But one of the promoters said, Jamal Charlo brings more of a media, media attention um, and fans to the table than a Dimitri Baval fight. Absolutely. Does. Absolutely. And I agree with that. You know, Dimitri Baval, he's a, he's a good fighter. Take nothing away from him. He fights at 175. He's undefeated. He's Russian. Um, but I think in terms of business, in terms of marketability, in terms of media, entourages, I think Charlo brings more to the table. And let me just tell you too, TJ, there's some people that don't like the Charlos because they feel like they're too, they're too cocky, you know? So um, I think he brings more to the table against, you know, Canelo, um, I think that would be a sold out event. No, you know, hands down sold out pay-per-view. I, I would even go on record to say, and this may be surprising to some out there in the boxing world, but I would go out enough to say that that fight would probably do over a million pay-per-view buys. And that may be surprising to some because some people still feel like, you know, Charlo doesn't carry that kind of a threat to Canelo, but yes, long story short, Charlo and Canelo is what I'm hoping for. Um, that would be a heck of a fight. Charlo's chances in the fight, I think, are still good. And here's why. Make no mistake. Don't forget, Charlo's undefeated. Charlo doesn't know how to lose yet. And so when you have a hungry lion, like the Lions only, and he doesn't know how to lose, and now he's, he, he's feasting on his prey. You know, it's like having, a, having that lion trapped in the zoo for a long time, and he's undefeated in the, in the cage when he's fighting with other animals. And then now you finally let him out against the number one, one arguably one of the top fighters in the world. So Charlo doesn't have to lose. I think that fight is a pick em fight. I know people don't agree with me, but I think that's a pick em fight. Charlo and, 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 and Canelo, uh, TJ, I really, really hope that fight comes off and I'll be locked in more than likely headed to Vegas again for Charlo and, uh, for, for Charlo and uh, uh, Canelo. Yeah. And, and to your point, here before we finish up on this if the fight was with canelo and dimitri bavol in russia all right in russia like rocky go fight him in russia 
if it's in Russia, that's a big deal. Dmitry Bavol's not going to sell tickets or, or create interest in the United States. Just not. Jamal Jer- oh. Charlo has been on over-the-air TV repeatedly and on pay-per-view, as you mentioned, unbeaten, defended his title four times. There are fight fans all over the United States, but also in Mexico, that know about Jamal Charlo and would care much more about a pay-per-view for that. So common sense has to prevail on part of this. We'll see soon enough what Canelo decides to do uh, or not. And I, I think ultimately we'll decide on Jamal Charlo uh, more so than the, than the Bivol angle. We'll, uh, we'll find out on that. Anything else? Yeah, I want to ask you. I want to I ask. I want to put you on the spot. Give me your your honest give me your honest opinion. What's what's Charlo's chances in a fight with Canelo uh single de Mayo? I think it's good, but not great. I think he's got to outfight him, outbox him, because I don't know that the punch is going to translate up at 168, because there's a concern that even at 160, having moved up from junior middleweight to middleweight, that Jermall doesn't score the same knockouts. Uh you know, the the fight with Montiel won. Carlos Montiel last summer, he fought Matt Korobov. He fought Derevyanchenko. He didn't knock any of those guys out. There would be a concern moving up to 168. Does he hit hard enough on Canelo Alvarez? What do you say to that real quick, Antoine Williams? Yeah, I think that uh, 168, I'm not sure if his power is going to translate, just in all honesty. Um, but the, the sometimes, it's like they say, the skills pay the bills. And Charlo has all the skills. He has a great jab. You know, he has a good uppercut. If you remember, he knocked out Julian J. Rock Williams uh, with an uppercut, you know, back when he was uh, fighting at 54. Right. And not very many people knock out J-Rock, you know. Um, So I'm with you. I don't know if his power is going to translate up to 168 enough to keep Canelo Alvarez. But one thing about Alvarez, if you if you look at Alvarez's fights, Alvarez gets tired in certain certain rounds where he'll kind of take the round off. And a lot of that's because, you know, maybe he's he's put on, you know, rehydrated, you know, 15 pounds overnight by the time the bell rings. And so there are times where they they make it known that he takes rounds off. And if Charlo can continue to be aggressive, he can put he can pile up some points in the fight. You know, I think that fight goes the distance. Um, I'm, I'm going back and forth with people that are telling me that, you know, Canelo stops Charlo within eight or nine rounds. I highly disagree with that wholeheartedly because I've never seen Jamal on the canvas as a pro. And uh, I just feel like that fight, you know, would likely go the distance. Um, but yeah, I think Charlo, you know, he does have the skills. He's a technical fighter. Um, I, we really don't know how his power is going to translate up to 168. No so we won't know until that fight happens, but I can't wait. I hope they make this fight, TJ. I really, really, truly hope they make this fight. One more point on this, and Dan Rafel, the longtime boxing insider who used to be with ESPN, and he now writes uh, a little bit for a couple of outlets, including World Boxing News. He brought up a great point as the counterpoint to what Coppinger reported. Canelo's his own guy. He's essentially a promotional free agent. He can fight Jamel Charlo on his, or Jamal Charlo, excuse me, um, on his own, and then he could decide, I'm going to fight triple g on my own too why why do i have to fight bavol to be able to fight triple g in the trilogy fight this fall i can fight jamal charlo and if i win i still make the fight with triple g whether eddie hearns on board with that or not does triple g really want the fight or not i I like that line of thinking which is i don't have to fight the russian bavol to get the other fight with triple g i can fight jamal charlo in what would probably be a more lucrative pay-per-view that's the big thing how many people in the U.S. and Mexico 
are shelling out $69.95, $79.95 to watch the unknown Russian Bivol who's fought a couple of times in this country. And that's it. I don't think much. Uh, Antoine, stand by. If you don't mind, I got more to talk to you about, including we're at the anniversary of the Mike Tyson upset. Once again, my goodness, 32 years ago, Buster Douglas. 32 years, Antoine. Buster (laughs) Douglas, Tokyo, Japan. We're going to talk more about that. And we do have a fight card this weekend with Jacobs and John Ryder. Daniel Jacobs, John Ryder in England, Saturday afternoon, U.S. time. More of that coming up. Stay with us. But first, we're brought to you in part by WinBet, which is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and New York. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play from boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need. And don't forget about all the props available on WinBet for the Super Bowl. The best part is you can build your own bet to create a prop-focused same-game parlay for the big game. Be on the lookout for WinBet each hour Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. During that WinBet win hour, marquee games of the week We'll have better odds on WinBet to give you an even larger payout opportunity. So you can sign up now even if you miss Thursday and you get the special offer to bet $10 to win $200. Download, bet, and win. Download that WinBet app now and visit wynnbet.com to start winning. So again, whatever the props are, and I love Aaron Donald as the guy to maybe win the MVP, getting fantastic odds there. I also like things like Cooper Cup to get over uh, 100 receiving yards and maybe parlay that uh, with a touchdown. I think Joe Burrow uh, will also have a couple of touchdowns in this game on that prop as well. Mix and match with WinBet. Offers are subject to change. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to winbet.com and you must be 21 or older and present in the state where to play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And remember, with WinBet, you download, you bet, you win. W-Y-N-N-Bet.com. We're also brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy, where you've got a chance to prop up on the Thrive Fantasy app for the big game. Thrive Fantasy is the daily fantasy sports and esports app for all the prop players. And with Thrive, you eliminate countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the impact on the game. Choose 10 of the 20 available player props, build your lineup for the upcoming Super Bowl here with the Bengals and the Rams, and each prop is assigned to fantasy value versus over or under based on how likely it is to hit. If you hit the most props, rack up the most points, you win the larger share of the prize pool. Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game and that's a $25 to enter and first place will take home $20,000. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up, you get a 100% instant first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Deposit $10 or more and receive the first deposit match plus two free $100,000 contest entries. Download it now. Thrive Fantasy in the App Store, the Play Store, or visit their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today, thrivefantasy.com, our promo code SGP. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. 
And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. January was PropSwap's biggest month ever as bettors from all across the country cashed their Super Bowl futures like Jamie from New York, who sold a $100 25-to-1 Bengals ticket for the Super Bowl for a 1000 bucks. The buyer got great odds, and Jamie made 10 times the money that he bet on that futures bet on Cincinnati. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app in the Google Play or the Apple Store. PropSwap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Thrive Fantasy. You want to come prop up on Thrive Fantasy for the big game. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for prop players and with thrive you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact in the games choose 10 of the 20 available players build your props build your lineup and get ready for the Bengals and the rams in that biggest game each prop is assigned a fantasy value both the over and the under on how likely it is to hit And if you hit the most props and rack up the most points, you win your share of the prize pool. And Thrive has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game that's just $25 to enter. And first place is going to take home $20,000. Use our promo code SGP when you sign up and you get a 100% instant first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. If you deposit ten or more, you receive the match plus two free one hundred thousand dollar contest entries. Just download the Thrive Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store and visit their website at thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Thrivefantasy.com promo code SGP. 
And we're brought to you in part by Betor Fantasy. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on Betor Fantasy and their app. Download the free-to-play app today, bet on player props for the NFL playoffs, and you can enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Betor Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way. It's totally free-to-play. You earn better credits by competing in challenges and use them to place your bets. Betor Fantasy, available worldwide and in all 50 states. Download the app, Betor, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com, slash S-G-P-N. Better Fantasy, betterfantasy.com, slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend now. Here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in once more. He was good to hang in there with me and come back for another portion of the conversation here. Uh, Antoine Williams, greatest of all time, boxing promotions, GOAT Boxing Promotions based out of Houston, Texas. Uh, On the front end here, before we get back in with uh, talking about the Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas anniversary of that monumental upset, and the Daniel Jacobs, John Ryder headlining fight card, the Matchroom Boxing fight card in London for this weekend. Before we get to that, Antoine, give a quick plug for the audience. What you're up to in Houston, we'll let you plug again before you before we're out of here, before we're done in a little bit. But plug away here on Greatest of All Time Boxing Promotions because you're back cranking things up here in 2022, trying to get things going, including something coming with Linnell K.O. Bellows. Tell me a little more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're super excited, TJ, and uh, astounded to, to, you know, make the announcement that on Saturday, February 26th, we will be bringing back superstar boxer out of Las Vegas, Linnell K.O. Bellows. Uh, you know, K.O. Bellows has over 20 professional wins. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dynamite star. He has a dynamite punch. That's why they call him K.O. And uh, we're excited to announce that he's going to be back with us at our third annual Houston Sports Day right here in Houston, Texas. There's going to be, you know, some of the legends out there from the the Texans, all the major sports teams. You know, we'll have some uh, baseball legends out there. We'll have some uh, current players out there for the Houston Texans. Uh, You know, I know uh, Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans, their star wide receiver is going to be one of the people in attendance. So this is going to be an amazing event. We're inviting everybody out. It's a free event to come out shake hands, you know, sign autographs with some of the, your, your favorite stars like K.O. Bellows. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to come out, meet Team Goat, meet me, uh, talk to, you know, K.O. Bellows live and in person, and just kind of get to know what it's like to be a professional boxer and, and what he did to kind of move up through the ranks and uh, what really helped him, you know, catapult his career into that superstar, you know, boxer uh, that he really is. So we're excited about that, TJ. Um, other than that, you know, we're just constantly working with professional fighters, um, helping some of these pros get really good, you know, opportunities. Um, we've had <clears throat> we've had some some Texas fighters here that have went on and fight on the undercard of Canelo Alvarez. Uh, last year, we had a fighter. His name is uh, Xavier Wilson. Shout out to Xavier Wilson. He was on the undercard of the Canelo Alvarez uh, 
last year as well. I believe Canelo, if I'm not mistaken, he had uh, fought, uh, what's the, the gentleman's name? Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, I Correct. believe. Correct, Billy Joe Saunders. Correct. In, uh, at Arlington yes. at so, yeah, we're just constantly. Correct. Yes, so we're just constantly. That's exactly right. So we're just trying to get these you know, young and up-and-coming fighters some more opportunities. And I love to be able to be a helping hand and a support system to kind of help these fighters catapult their way to uh, getting the, the exposure that they truly deserve. So other than that, that's pretty much what we got going on February 26th. It's a free event for any of those people that want to come out in the Texas market or Oklahoma market or Louisiana market that want to come on out and, and meet the fighters and meet the stars of today's today's sports. You know, it's a free event. You can go to our page on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is GOAT Boxing Promotions. You can find all the information right there. You can also go to Facebook. Facebook, The Goat Boxing Promotions on Facebook, The Goat Boxing Promotions on Facebook. And uh, you can always, you know, email us. We're always uh, responding, you know, to messages. Our email address is going to be thegoatboxingpromotions at gmail.com. You can go to the website. We have a website, www.thegoatboxingpromotions.com. And also get your merchandise. We got, you know, all types of merchandise here. You know, the goat boxing promotions. I don't know if they can see this or not, but you're holding you know, it up for the screen. I love it. Goat, bo goat yeah. boxing promotions, little uh, Tervis there. Keep your drink cool. Keep your drink warm if it needs to be. That's a uh, cool looking stuff. Black with the gold trim with the goat on it. Boxing promotions below it for those that can't see the video. I love it. Yep. And I, I know too. somebody to get hooked up for that. I think I know somebody to get hooked up with one of those if I need me one of those. That's yeah, great looking stuff. Send them an email. I'm sure he'll, I'm sure they'll respond to you, you know, so we're, we're, we're very, we're very excited about what the future holds. And uh, man, I'm just so glad boxing's back. And I'm just so glad to be a part of big fight weekend and all the great things going on in our sport, TJ. No doubt. All right. Uh, I said it already. So, you know, this, you know, what's coming. This is the 32nd anniversary, February 10th, 1990. Now, officially it's considered February 11th, 1990 in japan because they actually fought sunday afternoon in japan saturday night u.s time whatever you want to call it it is still uh, regarded as one of if not the greatest upset in boxing history one of the greatest upsets in all of sports history how a 42 to 1 underdog buster douglas pulled this off so i don't want to accept the fact i'm not an old man uh, am I am I that old of a man? I guess I am. That Buster Douglas did this 32 years ago. So Antoine, when I say that to you, uh, what comes back here about this upset, about this anniversary, about what Buster Douglas did to the seemingly invincible Iron Mike Tyson? What stands out to me because I was, you know, I was uh, maybe a kid actually, wasn't even a teenager yet. So, um, but everybody knows about Mike Tyson and his history about being one of the greatest heavyweight fighters of all time, or for God's sakes, being one of the greatest boxers of all time, uh, for that matter. And what stands out to me was, first of all, I remember the people talking about the time difference when you're going to another country. And so let's be honest, I, along with probably the majority of the world, expected Mike Tyson not only to win the fight, but to win the fight impressively and quick and in a hurry. You know, I mean, Tyson was getting people out of there, TJ. There was a lot of times where, you know, people were coming to the fights. And by the time they sh showed up to the fight, it was the co-main event. And by the time they sat down and got their popcorn, Mike Tyson's opponent was on the mat. I remember when he knocked out, I think, Spinks. Uh, yeah. You know, I want to say it was less than a minute. 
you know, if I'm not mistaken. So, so let's be honest with this fight against Buster Douglas. I thought it was going to be another walk in the park. The only concern that I remember everyone talking about um, after that fight happened was, you know, could there have been a, a problem with the, the time zone difference? There was some rumors, and I don't know how much you know about this, but I remember there was some rumors that Mike Tyson was supposedly, you know, in the hotel room, you know, with a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, people and, and basically, you know, not taking the fight very seriously, partying. And I don't know how true that is, but that definitely came out that he was doing that the night before, you know, maybe, you know, with groupies or what have you. So um, who knows? But what I do know is that Mike Tyson did not look like the Mike Tyson of old that we know. So that's what resonates in my mind about the fight. Um, when he went down from, from the first knockdown, I remember saying to myself, like, uh Oh, this is not good because when he got up, he did not, he didn't have his legs, TJ. If you, if you recall, when he got up, he didn't have his legs and you're not accustomed to seeing Mike Tyson get up and not have his legs. So that's what really stands out to me in my mind about the fight. And man, whoever, whoever was the underdog, whoever bet underdog on that fight, they did they did something big. <laughs> no, no doubt. Well, I mean, you had several things come together at once. As you mentioned, he had been destroying all the competitions. So there's obviously the overconfidence factor of exactly what you were describing. I don't have to take it as seriously. It doesn't matter. I'm going to clobber this guy, no matter if we've gone halfway around the world of Japan or not. So you already have the mindset of, I don't have to take it seriously with who's across from me. Very famously, Buster Douglas's mother, unfortunately, had died a few weeks before the fight. And so there had been a real moment where he was contemplating not continuing in training, calling it off, and then they were going to have to find a replacement opponent for him. But it's interesting that Jim Johnson was his, uh, essentially his manager trainer. Jim Johnson encouraged him greatly and, and said, this is your chance. You, you may never get this chance again if you don't take advantage of it. And for the memory and the love of your mother, go and make the most of this chance. And Buster Douglas, by all accounts, including his own admission, got in the shape of his life, motivated by the death of his mother, got in the shape of his life. That was the best Buster Douglas had ever been in his career and would be in his career. That one night, he was in shape. He was ready. And I think the other thing that when you go back and watch this, and I love the nostalgia, Antoine, and not just for you, but for the audience, when you go back and watch this fight from the jump, from the beginning, Douglas's size, Douglas's big left hand, his jab, it gave Tyson problems at the beginning. And here, here came the other factor, which is when you've been destroying everybody quickly and easily, you don't have to worry as much about strategy. You don't have to worry much about adjustments. He gets in the ring now. He's got a big motivated guy who can jab him, who can keep him off of him. And he didn't have guys in the corner that knew what they were doing on how do you adjust? How do you get inside of him? How do you get to the body? There was like no advice. You go back and listen. I mean, HBO's coverage was phenomenal back in the day. They got the microphones right there. These guys aren't giving him any advice on how to help him. So you you put all of that in the same soup, all of that in the same stew pot, and that's how an upset like that happens. It was just a remarkable day in Tokyo, night in the United States to watch it. Give me a couple more things that stick out with you about that upset that we're still talking about 30 plus years later, the upset of Mike Tyson, his first career loss. Yeah. So you nailed a lot of good pointers, TJ, absolutely right on the, right on the head. So um, I actually felt the same thing watching the fight 
Uh, I did not know about, the, about his mom passing. So that's that's new, new news to me. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, but just knowing that that's extra motivation. Tyson went over there, you know, in his mind that he was going to get in there. out. He had been knocked in five rounds or less for so long. And he thought that he was going to go over there and do the same thing. I don't think Tyson and his tr- and his trainers, I really don't feel like they really talk strategy, to be honest. I mean, when have you ever seen Mike Tyson box for 12 rounds and move around the rink? You're not going to go in and change your style overnight. I don't care if you switch his trainers. I don't care if you take him to a new city to go spar, go train, go run in the mountains, go to Big Bear. I mean, all of that sometimes, you know, you can't change a fighter's style. He's already, he is who he is. And with Mike Tyson, he is who he is. He was knocking everybody out. Um, a lot of those guys, I feel like they were mentally defeated before they even entered the ring. I feel like they already felt like some of those guys, I mean, I felt like they may have been there just for the paycheck, being quite honest. Um, they didn't mentally feel like they really had a chance to win the fight. So I think that the size difference, again, made a, made a, made a, made a huge advantage for Douglas. Um, the jab, he was popping him with the jab. Tyson didn't have an answer. Tyson was never really known for his defense, if we're being honest. Um, his corner didn't give him a lot of good, you know, direction and adjustments to make during the fight. There was no plan B or C. It was, hey, go get him, get him, go get him, knock him out. And then when Tyson got in trouble, he just didn't have an answer. Um, the other thing about the fight <clears throat> that I remember was um, after the fight, you know, Mike Tyson seemed to me, from what I recall, to not really. Um, give really good answers as to why he he lost the fight you know he seemed like he was a little spaced out if you recall you know he he just seemed like to have a lot of different things going through his head um so i really don't know what happened right before the fight if that was part of it or if he was just i think if i can interject i think a couple of things the kid you know so that's what i remember for the fight i think a couple of things i think one he got beaten up physically and mentally for the 10 rounds of the fight before the knockout happened. I think in some ways there was maybe some relief. I'm not talking about you set out to lose, but there was almost like some relief there that he didn't know what to think. And now maybe I've got some kind of weight lifted off of me because I'm no longer going to get asked about being the heavyweight champ. And I got a chance now to just live my life a little bit and then regroup and have a rematch. They thought they were going to have a fairly immediate rematch with Buster Douglas later in 1990. And it never came about. Douglas went to court, got the contract broken, fought Evander Holyfield and Evander Holyfield knocked an out of shape Buster Douglas out in three rounds with one punch, one big right hand uh, back a few months later. So they never fought again. Douglas and Tyson never fought again, much less for the heavyweight championship. But it was it was kind of weird. We were talking on the podcast last week, Antoine, that they actually got together a few days later back in New York, flew back to the United States by contract. They did a a a retro show for HBO where HBO was going to be replaying the fight. I mean, think about this in the modern day. I said it last week on the podcast. I repeat it for the audience here. If you didn't see the fight live on HBO that Saturday night, you did not have another opportunity to see the fight again as a replay in the middle of the night or the next night. They were replaying it the following week, seven days later. The other thing is the video under penalty of lawsuit and the law, the video was embargoed 
So ESPN couldn't show it. CNN couldn't show it. Nobody could show you what had happened. So if you had not seen it or taped it on a VHS or whatever on your VCR, you hadn't seen the Mike Tyson fight. So it was a big deal to have them in New York be part of the replay, pre-fight, post-fight after, talking about what happened. So much from that fight that is so memorable. The famous, the famous was it a long count from the Mexican referee Octavio Mehran is his name. Mehran was a famous WBC referee in the 1980s. I'm going to hit you one with Antoine Williams. I'm going to hit you one right now. Mehran was the referee of the Nomas Sugar Ray Leonard Roberto Duran fight. When you go back and watch Nomas, the same referee is in there with Duran and Leonard that's in there. With, how about that for a trivia question, brother? Wow. Same ref is in there with Tyson Douglas that was in there when Roberto Duran is shaking his glove going, Nomas. That's it. And Mehran looks at him like, box. He's like, he claps his hands, like, get over here and fight. And Duran's <laughs> shaking his glove going, no. And Mehran waves the fight off. Anyway. There was debate about whether his count of a Douglas knockdown was a long count and whether or not that should have counted as a knockdown. Um, so there's controversy in and around the fight, but ultimately the right guy won. Douglas was dominating that fight and the right guy won and changed the heavyweight division forever in the 1990s when that happened. Uh, because as it turns out, Mike Tyson not only didn't get the heavyweight title back from him, he ended up going to prison for three years eventually accumulated the undisputed heavyweight title again. And then Evander Holyfield defeated him not once, but twice. Just a crazy time in the 1990s that began uh, with Buster Douglas. That is for sure. All right, before we get out of here, because I've kept you for a while, there is a fight card in England. It is Daniel Jacobs, the former IBF uh, middleweight champion, uh, best known, though, for having challenged Canelo Alvarez and losing a decision to Alvarez in a hotly contested fight. Uh, Jacobs has also had a couple of other uh, interesting uh, world title caliber fights. Okay, so he's headlining in England against John Ryder. Ryder, again, best known for having fought uh, Callum Smith in, in a super middleweight title challenge back a couple of years ago and losing the decision. So neither one of these guys are a champ at the moment. This is the main event, matchroom boxing, Saturday afternoon in the U.S., Saturday night primetime on pay-per-view and on DAZN in England. So, Antoine, it's a fairly even fight for the odds for Sports Gambling Podcast that, that it helps us promote the show. I'm interested to see what Jacobs will look like. This is about all we have this weekend, just real quick. We don't have a championship fight anywhere, much less in the U.S., You'll probably peek at this a little bit too, like me, to see what Daniel Jacobs has or if John Ryder can give him a good fight or that's the main event over in England. Any thoughts here before we're done? Yeah, um, I will definitely, you know, tune in because, you know, boxing is is, is what we love and, you know, passion. So um, I, I definitely want to see some kind of boxing, you know, Saturday night because all we really have is the Super Bowl, if you think about it, and that's Sunday. And right. that'll be we'll be looking at, you know, uh, Super Bowl commercials and halftime performances. So there won't be any boxing on Sunday for sure. Um, unless we get a crazy, you know, uh, debacle, unless Antonio Brown runs out on the field again, like he did, a few weeks ago. <laughs> you know, so I'm looking forward to uh, watching that fight only because it's the only fight we have on Saturday. And quite honestly, um, both of these fighters, are they're actually you know not bad fighters it just seems like both of these fighters lose all the big fights 
Um, Danny Jacobs, you know, he he lost to Canelo, as we know. Danny Jacobs, I believe, you know, went to a draw with Dervinchenko. Um, you know, John Ryder lost to, to to Callum. You know, so it seems like when they get in the ring with the with the with the you know A or B level po- opposition, um, they really really struggle. Um, so I do think it's a pretty close fight. Um, if I had to lean one way or the other, I'd probably go with Jacobs only because of his natural boxing ability and his story. You know, I mean, you know, for God's sakes, the guy survived, uh, I believe, a heart condition or cancer, cancer. There you go. And so, you know, they told him at first, they didn't know if he'd fight again or, or, or what have you. That's right. And, uh, he, he actually was able to continue his boxing career and, uh, he's been in some really good fights. You know, he does have a, a good jab. Um, he's still pretty solid fundamentally. So I am going to tune in for the fight. It's a pretty close fight. I want to see what John Ryder has. Um, both of these guys have an opportunity to come in and make a statement um, and maybe potentially get in the ring with, I'm thinking maybe the likes of moving up to 175 and maybe seeing if they can secure a fight with the likes of, of Joe, uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Joe Smith Jr., maybe. There you go, American, Joe Smith right. Jr., out of Brooklyn, you know, Danny Jacobs has always been a big, been a big middleweight. And that's why I moved up to 68. I, I think Jacobs could even go as far as 75, move up to 75 and, 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 uh, and, you know, challenge the likes of maybe a Joe Smith jr. Who's who, you know, I just watched him on ESPN a few, a few weeks ago. And to be quite honest with you, you know, he didn't look super impressive to me in that fight. Um, and then don't forget, there's a kid up at 75 by the name of Arthur Better Biev, yep. who's undefeated. He, 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 I believe he has a hundred percent knockout ratio, you know, so and he has two of the light heavyweight titles. Joe Smith has one version and Bivol, who we were talking about earlier in the podcast has the fourth version at light heavyweight. Um, I don't know if Danny Jacobs's punch translates at 175 because again, he does not have a knockout. Jacobs does not have a knockout even in any of his wins going back to 2016, going back five or six years. And Jacobs has been off for a year and a half post pandemic, waiting for a fight opportunity. John Ryder's been off for uh, close to a year as well before this one takes place. So We'll see. Very interesting. Jacobs is only a small favorite, like uh, minus like minus 150 as the favorite, and Ryder is a plus 135 as the underdog. So the odds makers, the bookmakers, for gambling purposes, short-term investment purposes, as I like to say, Antoine, they think <laughs> this is an even fight. They think this is yeah, going to be a close fight, and we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, and one other name that I'd like to throw out there, uh, potentially at 68, because there's to me there's not as – to me, there's not as many uh, big fights at 68 right now as there is with, at 75. Um, so one of the fights that I was thinking of at 68, too, that I wouldn't mind watching would be the winner of that fight against David Benavidez. Yep. yep. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a Jacobs fight with Danny just to see where just to see where Jacobs is against a Benavidez because because Danny Jacobs has only been stopped, to my knowledge, one time in his career. And that's when he first started. Early in his career, I believe he fought a kid by the name of Dmitry Pirog, uh, and he was knocked out cold early in his career. So I don't think Jacobs has been stopped since then, if I'm not mistaken. And he, and he went the distance with Triple G in a loss, took the punches, went the distance with Canelo in a loss, and took the punches, to your point. Tough guy. Tough yep. dude. We'll see if this is entertaining Saturday. 
Don't know if it will be. Again, we don't have much else to go on. We're going to have some weekends where you've got two or three prominent fight cards, kind of like what we had last weekend with some different fight cards and some different action that was going on. Not the case this weekend. We will see um, uh, what happens with that. All right. Uh, so there you go. There's uh, there's a lot for this edition of the podcast. Antoine, uh, I always love getting to catch up with you on all fronts as we start in the new year. Uh, whether we're talking about the Keith Thurman fight that you were at last week. Jealous of that. I love it. I'm glad that you were there uh, to be able to see it. The Charlo brothers reminiscing about Mike Tyson. Tell them one more time. Plug away about greatest of all time boxing promotions, how they find out more about you, your event coming up. Fire away one more time before we're done, please. Yeah, to all the people out there, the boxing fans out there and the, you know, the uh, sports fans out there, the combat sports fans out there, come out and see us in Houston. Saturday, February 26th. That's Saturday, February 26th, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. We're going to be out at the Houston Sports Day. That's going to be out here in Katy, Texas at the La Sentera. More information and details, you can go to our uh, Instagram page. Our Instagram page is Goat Boxing Promotions on Instagram. Goat Boxing Promotions. Come on out, meet the superstar boxer. K.O. Bellows will be in attendance. It's confirmed. It's a done deal. He's going to be out there signing autographs. He's going to be out there taking pictures with the fans. We'll probably do some interviews. Uh, we'll talk about what KO has, you know, planned for the very near future. Uh, there's some little talks that we're, I can't go too deep into, but there may be a potential opportunity for us to cross the, to, to, for us to cross the country and go over to India possibly. So we'll, we'll keep everyone posted on that if, if, if we get that deal done. Um, but right now, K.O. Bellows is confirmed right here in Houston, Texas, Saturday, February 26th. Come out, meet the guy, pick his brain, take some pictures, talk to him about how he was able to become the superstar fighter that he is, how he moved up through the ranks the way he did. He's a, uh, he, you know, he started his career with the money team. I believe Floyd, you know, signed him back in 2012. And he's just a great guy to be around. So if you want to follow some all our boxing information, the Goat Boxing Promotions on Facebook, again, on Instagram, at Goat Boxing Promotions. You can also go to our website, www.thegoatboxingpromotions.com. Get you some shirts, get you some of these fine, you know, cups that we have here. <laughs> uh, you can also purchase your shirts, your, 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 you know, all the gear you need. And uh, we're just excited, TJ. We're, we're definitely excited about the direction the sport is headed in and the, 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 the future for Goat Boxing Promotions. And certainly the Charlos helping business uh, as well, being right there in Houston. And we'll have Jermel Charlo rematch for the undisputed 154-pound title with Brian Castaño. Highly anticipated rematch coming in March. Pride of H-Town right there, Jermel Charlo. And will Jamal Charlo get that shot with Canelo Alvarez coming in May? Could be, uh, could be a huge one-two for the Charlo brothers here in the first half of the year. Antoine, I love it. Thank you. The time flies by whenever we're talking. I love mixing it up. I put the bat signal up, said I need my man Antoine Williams. Happy anniversary to you and the missus, by the way, too. Because I know you're plotting and planning around that. Uh, she's put up with you how long, Mrs. Williams? She put up with you how long? 19 years with 50 my to go. My gosh, what a saint. I love that. Uh, listen, great stuff, my friend. Thank you for hopping on with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Hey, absolutely. Anytime, TJ. Have a great evening.
All right, and we thank you for finding us however you did so through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows. Again, follow or subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Enjoy that fight card in England this weekend. We'll see more of the fight news coming out as well. For now, we are good. We are done on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy all the action. Read the website, bigfightweekend.com. Bye.